Hello, listeners. My name's Luca, and I'm here with my co-host, Katrina. Hey, guys. And we'd like to welcome you to Youth View, a podcast by Skill Creative. And on today's episode, we're turning our sights to the exciting and yet daunting phenomenon taking the world by storm. That's right. We're talking about artificial intelligence and its growing role in the world of art. Now, this topic is as vast as it is nuanced, with programs and softwares appearing and evolving every day. Programs like Midjourney and DALI are definitely some familiar ones, but these are just at the tip of the iceberg when it comes to convenience. Now, whether you're using these programs to conjure up some 4K images of Joe Biden levitating, or enraging the artist community by surpassing days of work with a single digital prompt, you've definitely come into contact with this fascinating leap in art making. Join us today as we pose the question of who the real artist is, the man or the machine. So, let's get into it. It's a lovely day here at Skill Creative, and we're just doing some amazing recording right now. So, Luca, how are you feeling about today? I'm feeling good, you know, I got a good night's sleep behind me. I'm feeling hyped to get through today's episode. How are you, Katrina? Well, I'm going to say that I'm feeling the same way, you know. I'm really excited to get the show on the road and um, work on what we've been working on. All right, well, let's have a look at today's schedule. So, coming up first, we'll have a bit more of a discussion and in-depth review of our topic, AI art. And then... I'm going to be telling a little story about my time in Vietnam. Oh, that's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also going to have an interview segment with a really lovely person named Jasmine Keane, who is the Gosford Regional Gallery curator. She's going to have an amazing perspective on AI art and what that might mean for the future of art making. Yep. We'll follow that with a bit of a high-intensity pressure-in-a-box section. Ooh, cannot wait for that. <laughs> All right. And that'll be all, I think. So let's get into the discussion. To kick off today's episode, I think a bit of an explanation is in order. Absolutely. The phrase AIR is a pretty broad umbrella term after all. And for good reason. The art world is an incredibly expensive place. As art students, we'd know that better than anyone. But with the slow introduction of artificial intelligence, it has become even more so. Since the very inception of so-called digital art in the early 1980s, computers have been utilized as a tool for creation which would constantly evolve into how we see it today with the ever-changing idea of artificial intelligence. Generally, the phrase AI art immediately sparks ideas of visual art, like paintings and drawings. However, this medium isn't the only form of art which has fallen prey to the AI invasion. Exactly. Writing, voice acting, music, and even advertising, architecture, and fashion have all seen the significant development of these AI programs as they learn to replicate the work of a human artist. Katrina, I know that you wish to go into screenwriting in the future. Do you think that AI screenwriting is something that will grow in popularity? Well, it's incredibly difficult to say, as it all depends on how effective this technology gets. I think that the world is becoming more accustomed to the amazing artworks that programs like Midjourney can produce. And yeah, some would say that those artworks are on par, if not better, than human art. However, I think screenwriting is far more complex than just composing an image. I mean, could you imagine an AI writing an award-winning movie script? That's a good point. I'd find it hard to believe that an AI could replicate the things people have come to love about cinema. The cinematography, character work, and plot are all factors that take years to develop and perfect. Unless it's one of the new Fast and Furious movies. (laughs) I'm convinced those ones are probably written by AI. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. But in all honesty, I don't believe screenwriters are in too much danger right now. But other artists definitely are. 
The fact that you could place a painting tediously crafted by any artist next to a five minute render by an AI and have a hard time discerning which is human made remains one of the most exciting and yet incredibly daunting concepts of the modern times. And it's far more prevalent than most would believe. There was actually quite the controversial case recently of exactly what you described, Katrina. Yes, the Mordshaus Museum in the Netherlands came under fire last month for a display of an AI artwork. After the museum had loaned out the famous painting Girl with a Pearl Earring, they opened up a competition for the artist to submit interpretations of the original piece and fill the now empty area. One of these five winning interpretations was completely computer generated. So do you think that win was deserved considering that it would have taken far less time than the other conventional ones that were submitted? Well, Julian van Dyken, who created the controversial piece, claims to have made some edits to the AI image in Photoshop, which I suppose means that he had a degree of creative input into the design process. As for my opinion on the argument, I don't particularly believe it's valid, especially considering the competing artists would have spent days on their works, while Julian, despite using Photoshop, received the bulk of his work through an artificial algorithm. I'm going to have to side with you on that one. I think that AI shouldn't really be competing with conventional art because it isn't a fair comparison when the artists using AI possess an inherent advantage due to the time they save in creating their pieces, even if they do make some mild edits in Photoshop or another image editing program before shipping the final product, the time invested just isn't the same. That's well put. Well, we'll hear more about this later during our guest interview. But first, here's a short story from Luca regarding an interesting part of his life. Hi, my name is Luca and I'm 17 years old. This is a small but significant part of my story. Back in year 7, I had my first journey overseas to Vietnam. It was a train and a bus to get to the airport and then the longest flight that I've since been on, all the way up through Northern Australia and then through Malaysia. And I just remember how overwhelming it was when we touched down and all the heat and the hustle and bustle of the city streets way more packed and lively than any Australian city, that's for sure. With exposed shops and all these weird smells and sounds coming at you. And it was a pretty good trip once I'd settled in though. I traveled on quite the variety of vehicles throughout, including buses, trains, which I slept on, boats, which I also slept on, and the tuk-tuk, which was probably the most entertaining vehicle and one that I probably won't ever get to ride on again. And yeah, there was mainly highlights. Um, the only bad part I'd say was when I got sick when we went to Hue, which is a city in kind of it's midway between North and South. And yeah, that, <laughs> it, well, it wasn't great. But I was back to health within a few days so I could keep going with the trip. And another good part was in Saigon when we went to a Vietnam War Museum, which was very interesting. And yeah, it was honestly a really good experience overall, even though I did hate it at the start, including especially in the hotels when I was bored and I'd be watching a lot of YouTube. Hello, everybody. Really. My name is Markiplier. <laughs> Welcome to Five Nights yes. at Freddy's. Lots of Markiplier. Love that guy. And yeah, we ended off. <laughs> I don't love him that much. Just like. Just a little <laughs> And then we ended it off by a day on the island of Phu Quoc, which is just below Vietnam, and that was very picturesque. So yeah, it was a, it was a good time overall. Good time. <laughs> and with that, we'll move on to our interview with Gosford Regional Gallery curator Jasmine Keane, with Katrina conducting the interview today. 
Hi, I'm Katrina and I'm from Lizaro High School and we're sitting here at the Gosford Regional Gallery with our gallery's curator, Jasmine Keen. Welcome to Youth View, Jasmine. Thank you. <laughs> um, so I just wanted to know how long have you been in this role and what's your background in the art world? Sure. Um, nice to meet you and we're here today at Gosford Regional Gallery in our emerging exhibition. So this is one of the many exhibitions I've curated here in the past eight months. So it's now 2023 and I started in June 2022. Um, my role is working in regional galleries. So I started off at art school as an aspiring artist and then moved into collection management and curatorial studies and did my masters of curatorial at Sydney University. And I've continued to work in galleries since then um, curating lots of shows and really I love working with community arts and trying to help artists get on their way as you know budding artists and mm. seeing their careers flourish so that's why I work for a regional gallery yeah. and yeah that's why I'm here. <laughs> There's a lot of interesting art in this exhibition. I see right behind us we have Alexandra John Schurz um, art piece. It's really interesting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I've actually been here before when I was younger and I saw an exhibition that was all about like digital art and computer generated art. Okay, and that's, cool. yeah, that's kind of what we're here to discuss today, which is AI art and yeah. um, the future of artificial intelligence in the arts industry. So I just wanted to say, um, what was your opinion on like artificial intelligence as a tool for an artist, similar to how an artist would use a paintbrush or a musician would use a keyboard? Um, well, I think it's actually quite poignant that we're sitting in front of Ali's work because mm -hmm. Ali does use the tool to create her artworks. Yes. So behind us here are some works by Ali Johnshner, who's an emerging artist based in Sydney. And she's used Instagram filters on her own selfie image to continually work her face until it ends up being this sort of um, unrecognizable mess, really. Mm, so yeah. I guess in a way artists are doing that right now. They're using the tools that are at hand, whether it be through Instagram as one example or other filters to be able to actually manipulate works of art. And as an emerging artist, which this prize is all about looking at emerging practices, it may be a direction that artists do go in. Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. Um, well, as a curator, do you think that you would consider putting computer-generated art into your gallery, like in the near future? Um, maybe. <laughs> so yeah. I think it would depend on the premise of the exhibition. Mm. So obviously each exhibition here has a different theme to it. And if there was a theme that would be investigating AI art, that could definitely be something that we'd look at. Mm. If there's an artist that wants to bring that forward as an issue, that could be something we'd look at. In terms of presenting a large body of work solely produced by yeah. AI, that, I don't know. I mean, it would depend on what the art market was doing at the time as well. Mm. So I know that in 2018, there was an AI piece of art that was sold for over $400,000 and maybe the market is going in that direction and maybe it's something that people will want to actually see in future mm. is more art produced by a different means than an artist yeah. per se in the traditional sense. Mm. Would you consider like the intention behind the artwork to be a big factor in if you would display it or not? 
Um, I think that it's interesting when you think about AI art in that way because the intention behind it is still to produce an image that's going to be seen by an audience. Yeah. So unlike artists who create for many years in their studios without showing anything and then maybe coming forward with a body of work after a certain amount of years, AI art is produced only to show work to people. So it's yeah. only to be seen. It doesn't, exactly. it doesn't exist outside of a purpose for that. So that's something to really think about. Mm. All right. Um, do you think that a computer-generated piece would elicit the same emotional response that any conventional art would do? I think that that would depend on the person that's looking at it. <laughs> so I think that someone who hasn't seen an AI piece before and isn't aware that it's produced by a computer may not even think about it. They may yeah. just assume that it's done by a person, a human person, mm. and therefore they may not, it may not worry them. Yeah, so they don't have that barrier there. They don't have the barrier. Okay. If you put a sign next to it and said, actually, this is produced by a computer, and then see the, how that actually changes someone's reaction to something, yeah. all of a sudden it's taking that sort of the special thing away from the image. Yeah where it's not, it's not something that's been labored over. So as I said again, artists can spend years and years in their studio perfecting their practice. And then that's what we see as the result of their practice, the time that's been put into it. And if we know that that hasn't happened because it's just happened in an instant through pressing a button, yeah. then how is that going to affect us and how are we going to see that differently? Mm, exactly. Yeah. All right. Um, do you have a view on the impact of AI on future generations of artists? Yeah, I think, well, I mean, as we've just seen behind us, it's a tool, right? It can be yeah. used as a tool. But what I have seen as a general sort of, uh, like a difference in the last few years, particularly after we spent so much time on the screens over the last couple of years in COVID lockdowns, is that artists that are coming up today, sort of from the ages of 18 to 25, are looking at more uh, material-based works rather than screen-based works. So things like video works are used as an aid for a, a material-based work rather than it being solely on the screen. So I think that there is a bit of a return to material practice at the moment. Yeah, that's really interesting. I actually didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> um, would you say that um, it changes at all this view if you apply it to like a regional area like the Central Coast? So... I don't know, I think the Central Coast audiences are probably pretty much the same as everywhere else in Australia. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, right, that's we, get, fair. we get very similar audiences to Sydney and, and Hunter Valley, so, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, um, that's all the questions that I have for you this Thank week. Thank you. Um, it's a very interesting topic. <laughs> yes, it is. It's a very, like, nuanced, very varied topic. Yeah. Um, but thank you so much for being our guest on Youth View. Thank you. And you have a very insightful perspective on AI art. My pleasure. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, some very interesting discussion there regarding AI art. I'd like to thank Jasmine Keane again of Gosford Regional Gallery for coming on the show today. And with that, we'll be moving on to our pressure in a box section. So let's hit it. Hi, welcome to our Under Pressure segment of our podcast. Today we're going to be doing things a little bit differently as I'm not going to be drawing from the box. Instead, I'm going to be asking Luca some trivia questions and they're all going to be sourced from an AI software called chat.gpt. 
which is basically an AI that can regurgitate and synthesize um, written answers. So for instance, if I wrote to the bot, uh, write me an essay about Shakespeare, the bot would then write an essay about Shakespeare almost instantaneously. So basically I asked the bot to write me a few haikus, poems, odes, even tweets, and I'm gonna get Luca to guess which one is bot made and which one is human made. You ready? Yes, I'm totally ready. All right, so this is the first haiku. Red summer nights glow, warmth lingers in the still air, nature's symphony. And this is the second haiku. The apparition of these faces in the crowd, petals on a wet black bow, that's, that's a hard one, actually. I'm going to have to say the second one's AI and the first one's human. And you would be incorrect. Really? Yes. So the second one is actually human-made. It's by a man named Ezra Pound. So... Oh. The nature symphony go. part seems like something a human would write. But there you go. I guess it's... The AI is becoming more and more human-like by the day. <laughs> okay. Well, on to the next one. Um, okay, so this is an ode. I'm just gonna read you the opening couple of lines. Mm -hmm. I don't believe in age. All old people carry in their eyes a child and children at times. Observe us with the eyes of wise ancients. Shall we measure life in meters or kilometers or months? How far since you were born? And this is the second one. O oh, lint, O oh, lint in my childhood genes, how you gathered there unseen and serene. A tiny world of fibers so soft and light, a microcosm of fluff in colors bright. I'm going to say the first one's AI and the second one is human. And you would be incorrect. What? <laughs> there is no way that, that that one about Lint was AI written. What? Explain. No, actually, um, I thought, well, you know, I wanted to make it as obscure as possible. So I, th I asked the AI to write an ode about Lint. <laughs> Wow, because I heard that and I was like, no, this, that actually sounds like something that would be written. But, no. <laughs> okay, so this next one is going to be a tweet, all right? And it's going to be by Samuel L. Jackson. You need to tell oh, me which one is actually real. I love that guy. Okay, so this is the first one. Who needs a winter coat when you have a badass leather jacket? Hashtag style over substance. Hashtag snakes on a plane. And this is number two. Um, Try to watch boxing. Boring, might need to change to UFC, MMA, style to draw interest. Hmm. I'm going to say the second one is real and the first one's AI. You're correct. Oh, thank God. Because I, I was like thinking, no way he would put hashtag snakes on a plane <laughs> after his toy. Okay, well, you got one correct, but that's a bit scary, though, that you yeah, can't really tell. That, that just goes to show how powerful the AI is getting. It fooled me. It could fool you, too. Well, then, everyone, this episode has been great. I think we had a really well-rounded discussion about AI art, and I think we ended up covering pretty much everything. Yep, we had a chat to an industry professional. We've discussed a few instances where AI arts come into conflict with conventional art, and, yeah, hopefully you've learned something today. Yes, that'll be all for now. Uh, thank you for tuning into Youth View, a podcast by School Creative. <laughs>